it's, uh, it's such a blessing to meet in, in person, isn't it? After a year of COVID, there's just nothing that replaces that. Um, I, I did think of something I needed to add about that band. I think it was, um, I think it was the will of the Lord that we didn't just take off and become popular because, you know, they're already, he was already in a serious relationship with Sonia. And then, you know, when you get popular, all the groupies come in and he was preparing for pastoral ministry. It just doesn't look good, you know, on the, on the resume. So he is in his calling and in his lane. So God is wise. That's the only reason why, obviously, we're not rock stars today. So one day we'll see <laughs> um so i i have several things that i i felt from the lord to do today and um gosh i'm just happy to see you you know because i've been we've been talking and praying for a while and uh the lord just really aligned for today to happen and um I wanted to start by sharing uh, just a few prophetic words as the Lord leads me, as 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 says that the purpose of prophecy is to edify, you know, build us up and bring encouragement and comfort so the sake, for the sake of the body of Christ being built up so that the body would be strengthened. So to that end, I feel um, the Lord might want to me to call out specific people and say things so that we could together celebrate who God created you to be, what God has put on your life, who he has um, gifted you with, and, and see how those pieces fit together. So um, let's just, actually, let's begin with another word of prayer, if that's all right. Um, So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for gathering us together as the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the gift of fellowship. And just like the, the name that this church bears, I thank you that we have fellowship with you, God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have fellowship with one another as an out outflow of that fellowship that we have with you. I pray that you would just bless fellowship in Dedham, Lord God. I pray that you build this body, unite them as one, Lord, um, like a brick-and-mortar building, like a family, like an army unit, Lord. I pray that there would be such a cohesiveness and a unity in diversity of backgrounds, ethnicities, personalities, giftings, uh, character traits, Lord. I thank you, God, that your plans are good for fellowship in Dedham. I just pray, God, that you raise our faith level even now, that we would not be like the Galileans who, who said, ah, Jesus, I mean, nothing special. <laughs> we have nothing to expect. And Jesus could not do many miracles there just because the expectation was not there. God, I pray for a boosting of our faith, of our expectation knowing that you have something special planned for all of us today. Fill us with more of your Holy Spirit. And I just invite you to, with your eyes closed, just put your hands out in front of you, um, just to get yourself, you know, even physically in a posture of receiving. You know, often our physical posture affects our mindset. And um, just pray this simple thing. Father God, fill me with more. 
fill me with your fullness. Um, keep your eyes closed. We're going to do a lot of things differently today. If I did everything, everything like Pastor Stephen, you wouldn't need me here. <laughs> you don't need a new, you know, five foot two and a half packaging of Pastor Stephen. You could just, um, so please just flow with me and bear with me as I believe the Lord wants to do new things. Um, with your eyes still closed, I, I just feel like there's certain ones that you're starting to see pictures in your mind. And right now you're like, why am I getting so distracted? Like this has nothing to do with what we're doing right now, but I feel like there's some of you, you're seeing these pictures because the Lord is actually downloading um, visions. The Bible talks extensively about visions and dreams as a legitimate way of hearing from the Lord, right? And there's so many people, all a vision is, is when you see a picture in your mind's eye, but it did not originate from you. It's a message from the Lord. And I feel like some of you are seeing pictures of maybe scenes from childhood. I feel like there's one of you who might be seeing like a, a picture of a childhood toy. Just things that seem very random. Um, if that's you, if you're seeing, so keep your eyes closed. If you're seeing a picture of a random object, but clearly like a little, a ball or a doll or a toy soldier, something, some kind of tangible object right now, raise your hand. If that's you, I see a hand back there. Anybody else? Okay, um, you with your hand raised, I can't see right now, but I feel like the Lord's going to start, can I, whoever that hand raises, can I see who you are? You started seeing an object? Okay, I feel like the Lord's giving you a gift, he's increasing your ability to get visions, so it's just like, it feels like what you just experienced right now. You're going to see it. You're going to just close your eyes and like either be in prayer or you're just, you know, a picture is going to come into your head and you know you didn't put that picture there. And all you have to do is ask God, what is this, what does this picture mean? And then you wait. You just silently wait. And then you wait for God to, to tell you something and he will explain what that is to you. Okay, so that's all that is, but it's a very it's a special and a powerful gift, and God will use that to help you um, encourage other people, give messages to other people. So that's an amazing thing. Oh, you guys, you could open your eyes now, but I feel like, and the Lord gave that to one of the youngest members of your congregation, so the Holy Spirit's no respecter of persons. Amen. He could use the oldest and the youngest. Joel chapter 2 says, In those days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Even your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions and your young men will dream dreams. So um, from the oldest to the youngest, everybody, all hands on deck, right? Um, sir, I know, we, uh, you with the checkered shirt and the black mask, yes. You could, um, would you mind standing if you don't? Um, what is your name, sir? Daryl. Daryl. Okay, we, okay. So, um, all right, you were, I just, 
was introduced. Um, do you do something, I feel like I see you working with your hands a lot. I don't know if it's a hobby or your actual job. Okay, okay, thank you. I see you handling a lot of things, but also doing things with your hands where like, I don't know if you're a fix-it kind of guy or a handyman kind of thing. I don't know if it's in the natural or if it's metaphorical, but I feel that the Lord is saying that you, that the Lord is raising you up to be a handyman fix-it guy in the body of Christ, in the house of the Lord, that small things, starting from very mundane things, oh, this window just broke, there's nobody else right now, we need to, we just need to do something, and um, just grab some duct tape, you know, we don't, we, we, we need to just get this thing, you know, sealed up right now, and I just see you um, just running to those kinds of very basic everyday needs, and more and more, even as you walk in faith and step into these things in obedience to the Lord, just being available, I feel like the Lord is going to start giving you um, just spiritual downloads of solutions of things in the body of Christ, starting from your own congregation, and I see as you're faithful and obedient to that, like even simple things, oh, like we have to I'm just making up a scenario. We have to change the time of our service. Well, what are we going to do to make it coordinate with this other thing? And how are we going to get this to work in time for that? And I just see the Lord just giving you downloads of wisdom. And you just, oh, well, how about we try this? And it's like, oh, great. And that's a great idea. And then it works out. And then this. And then it's like children's ministry or something that, or, or women's ministry wanted to do something. And you're like, well, why don't you try this? And it's like, oh, great idea, Daryl. And I just see you becoming this, like, uh, this, this handyman of, like, ideas, bringing in solutions to very practical things in the church. And then as you walk in that, I see the Lord even increasing your wisdom and your authority and now dealing with even stickier situations. Oh, no, so-and-so, who's the leader of this, just got really offended at that, and they're offended at brother so-and-so, and then brother so-and-so was told off in this manner, and then, but we need this person to be here, you know, stickier situations. And I see the Lord just giving you grace and wisdom to speak over those kinds of situations. And then I see you, and then as the next step, even having authority to speak into other congregations, and it may just start just in a very natural way, not that you have to show up and say, oh, I'm the answer man, but, but you know, you might have friends who go to other churches, and they might confide in you, I have to get this thing done, and then we have this issue because this family wants to leave over this thing, and it just, it shouldn't have to be this way, and I see you just praying over those things and, and speaking wisdom into those situations, and it's just going to be the right thing to do at the right time, because it will be the solution of the Lord, not of you. To the point where people will be like, Daryl, like, what's happened to you? Like, how come you, you know all this stuff? And that will be the wisdom of the Lord. Like Daniel, to have real, practical, real-life solutions in real time that will make a real difference, but it will be clearly from the wisdom and the understanding of the Lord. Amen? So let's... Um, Everyone, and when you hear these words, when they're things, thank you, when you hear these things and you resonate very strongly with them, um, one of the reasons for publicly giving prophetic words like this is that when that prophetic anointing is in the atmosphere, it's being released, your faith is being stirred up for the same things. 
you can grab a hold of those things by faith if you're like, what a great idea. I wish I could do that in my home. I wish I could do that in my family. That's exactly what I need. You just grab a hold of it by faith, and that can apply to you as well. I've stolen secondhand prophetic words several times. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. So go ahead with that. Um, ma'am with the hat, I know you just gave the announcements. What was your name again? Becca? Okay. Would you mind standing? Um, Becca, and I, I was admiring your outfit, and you're very nicely put together today, and you remind me of a picture of spring. And I just feel like, uh, prophetically speaking, a spring season over you. And I just feel like you have been in a winter for a very long time, but I feel that the Lord is saying, you know how to plant seeds in winter. And that's, you know, in the natural, that's not something you do. But in the spiritual, even when the ground was hard, even when it was unyielding, even when it seemed like it was not a time to sow, even financially, I believe, it was a winter season, even financially, and you kept sowing your seeds, sowing your seeds, sowing seeds of love to people, sowing financial seeds. I feel like you gave gifts, financial gifts to organizations and individuals when you really, your budget was like, no, but your spirit said yes. And nobody knew about it but the Lord. And, and you gave so that your right hand didn't know what your left hand was doing, or was it vice versa. And, um, and the Lord's saying, it's time for spring. It's high time for spring. And, um, and I just feel like it's, it's time for new things to start coming out of the ground. And I believe the, another word from the Lord for you is do not despise the days of small beginnings. The things of the kingdom always start out small. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. And then it grows eventually to become the largest of garden plants. I feel the Lord is going to give you these tiny buds of things that you've been praying for and expecting. And do not get caught up and be like, oh, it's just a bud. <laughs> like, I prayed for this person and all they did is, okay, they just, I told them about Jesus. I really thought they would accept this time because I've been praying and praying. And they're just like, oh, thanks for praying for me. Just that tiny little bud. And, and I feel the Lord saying like, um, don't nip it in the bud, like water the bud, expect it, because a bud will become a shoot, a shoot will become a plant, a plant will become a tree, a tree will bear fruit. So don't give up in this season, this is your spring season. I just So can we all just extend our hands out to her and just speak that over her? We just thank you, Lord God, that it is a spring season for Becca. She is walking into it just as she kind of unwittingly prophetically dressed for that today. We thank you, God, that there are going to be breakthroughs, I believe, in her finances, in her family and relationships, in, in uh, souls that she's been praying to be saved, and even some little of those dreams in her heart that are not necessary you know, for life, not necessary for salvation and all of that, but just little things in her heart. Like, I, I, gee, I would really like to go on a vacation to this place and visit this friend or, or whatnot, and it was just not the time or not the season or... Um, it wasn't whatever, and, and God, I just feel like you want to give some of those desires of her heart to her in this season, so we bless Becca, fill her, God, with your, with your goodness, with the goodness of the Father, in Jesus' name, amen, um, and you in front of her, <laughs> I guess that's kind of going down the line, what is your name, ma'am? Kim, would you mind standing up? Kim, I see like a really strong creative gift on you. I don't, do you do creative things at all? Design, okay. I see it like, um, but I feel like in this season, it's like a, like a fire hydrant. Like there's so much pressurized water in there. 
And as soon as a fireman comes and opens up that, the, the opening, it just bursts forth. And I feel the Lord is coming to you and like turning that crank and he's about to make creativity burst forth through you like never before. Like you do what you do and you know, if you do that professionally, you know how to do it, you know it well. But I see you like almost scrambling because like, oh, I want to start drawing now. Oh, I want to start doing crafts and then I want to start gardening. And then I have this idea for a song for some reason. And then, wow, it would be really great if someone wrote a play about this. Why don't I just write it down? Because the ideas are coming to me. I don't know what to do with this. And I'm like typing and I see you like a very positive kind of scrambling because like all these ideas are rushing and rushing and rushing to you. And I feel the Lord saying, write them down, you know, put things down, put things to paper, um, get your craft supplies, get things together and start putting your hands and the Lord will bless all that you put your hands to in this season regarding creativity. Um, I feel like you will be a sign and a wonder regarding revival of creativity, of, of, of the arts, of those. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in my message. And that's something that is for all of society really, but I feel like you're going to be like a first fruits of that and especially for you to do things that you're not as comfortable in. You know, you do design. I have a friend who was a graphic designer, but one day she started felt like, she felt like doing oil painting. She never studied it. And to me, it's like, if you do one, I would think you kind of do the other well, but apparently it's not like that. And she started painting beautiful paintings, and she just paints as she feels the, the Holy Spirit leading her to do. And so um, I feel as you start doing creative things that are not your lane at all, and for you might feel it's like not your comfort zone, um, that's what will make you a sign and a wonder, and that will encourage other people also to step out in their creative gifts as well as new pursuits. Um, there might be entrepreneurs here that you had this, there might be some of you actually with that, like you had this like nagging idea in your head to be an entrepreneur, to start this little business, maybe start it on this side and you're just like, maybe your spouse is like, that's not a good idea, it's not the time for that. But you can't get rid of this idea. Um, I feel like the Lord is, is there anyone like that? That, that resonates with that right now, that entrepreneurial idea or a business idea or an idea for a product? Anybody? Could you raise your hand? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. I don't know if you're shy, but <laughs> anyway, I feel as you do what you do and step out, it will encourage other people to step out of their comfort zones and to do new things as well. So I do feel in, in that sense, it, it is kind of a spring season. That word also applies to this whole body if you will grab a hold of that. So um, step out on those new things, but let it be a pursuit with the Holy Spirit. Let it be, um, you don't have to go online and do like, you know, 50 hours of training before you go to certain things. Um, let the Holy Spirit lead you in something that is completely new to you so that you could function in the creativity through the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, so God, we just bless, we, sorry, what's your name? We bless Kim with that. We pray for an increase of the prophetic spirit through her art. We pray that even her design is going to be more and more and more prophetic like never before. Things that she does for clients that these random ideas she gets are actually going to end up being prophetic words for them. Like she'll say like, they're like, oh, why don't we get, 
you know, I need a logo. And they're like, what about a bird? You know, I'm, I'm just seeing like a bird, like a robin, like, oh my gosh, robins are so significant to me because they're the bird that, you know, when I was a little child and my father would point them out in the woods and he's passed away and that's been a source of great pain and oh my gosh, and like, you know, things like that. But God, I just pray for that prophetic spirit to be poured into her and through her, through the creativity and through the arts in Jesus' name. Amen. And sir, in the red shirt, in the red button-down shirt by the window, I just see the Lord calling you a warden in the spirit. If you don't mind standing up, I just see the Lord calling you an intercessor and a warden and a gatekeeper. And um, you know, I don't have time to ask about the details, but I just feel like the Lord's going to increase the burden of intercession on you. And I see you praying for your family members, especially your unsaved family members. Do you have grandchildren? Yeah, I just see you praying more and more and more specific prayers over each of your grandchildren. They'll be specific because they'll be from the Holy Spirit. And that's what we call prophetic intercession. That's just it. The Holy Spirit tells you what you need to pray, and then you pray it. And it's so much more effective when you do it that way because you already know that's what he wants. And you're going to be praying things, I feel, that are, you're like, why am I praying this? This is so random. And, it's, and then you might call them and find out, oh, this is exactly what they're going through. And I see the Lord even increasing your spiritual authority, starting from your block, starting in your neighborhood, and then your city, and then your, your region, and just praying more and more to, to cover that area in the spirit and the Lord really answering your prayers to... Um, you bring his will and his we pray these things your kingdom come your will be done on earth as is in heaven but he really means it literally and i see you praying more uh being led by the holy spirit to pray specific things and you might read something in the newspaper and something in your heart will rise up and say enough is enough i thought crime here and there that no not on my watch not on my watch and i see you praying more and more bold prayer saying not on my watch. Like, literally, this, this kind of nonsense is going to stop. We're not going to see crime anymore, and definitely not in my neck of the woods. And I see um, the Lord bringing shift and breakthrough uh, the more you step into that in faith. Um, and everybody, please take a hold of that. But I just see the Lord highlighting you in that way. So, God, we just pray. We pray for that increase of authority, of prophetic intercession, that he would be a pillar and that, that spiritual sentry before his, his area of authority and that he will be the gatekeeper when he, in accordance with your will, says, no, this shall not pass into my territory. It will not pass. And that he will be that guard. We thank you, Lord. We bless him and his whole entire family line in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand. And I encourage you all to, um, again, grab a hold of these things for yourself. If you're, if you're like, gee, I wish I had that. Like, it is for you. Just, you know, grab a hold of that. But uh, for the interests of time and for reasons sometimes unbeknownst to us, the Lord might highlight specific people um, to, to be the example. So um, I wanted to share, I have several things to share, but I kind of need to roll it into a nutshell. Um, I had a very interesting experience coming here um, about a month ago. A year ago, I felt the Lord saying to come take a vacation in Massachusetts. And as Pastor Stephen mentioned, the last 
I had been in the area to go to Gordon-Conwell, and I visited maybe a couple times in between, and there was a long stretch of years I wasn't here at all. And all of a sudden, the Lord tells me to go take a, a vacation. So I naturally thought of you know, friends from back in the day in seminary, and there are just a few people that I contacted, and I got reconnected with uh, Pastor Stephen and Sonia, and, um, and then he had mentioned, you know, if you're in town again, let me know, and maybe you could come to our church. And so just about a month, sometime last month, I felt the Lord saying, it's time to go back to Massachusetts. You need to go and um, tell people you're coming. So I was like, okay. And what I didn't know is that Sonia had been praying certain things for the church and for the Lord to just bring something new and bring a person. And a couple days later, I had texted Stephen, Pastor Stephen, saying like, hey, I'm, you know, considering... I'm planning a trip to Massachusetts, you know, could I see you guys? And then the Lord just coordinated things. And the day I was supposed to leave was on Sunday, which that's when we got Henri. It's, I find it so pretentious for Hurricane to call himself Henri. But <laughs> anyway, that's what he wants to be called. Henri came through Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and I had to delay my trip till Tuesday. Tuesday morning, I wake up with terrible vertigo nausea, vomiting, like violently, and I'd never had that before in my life, and I felt the Lord, and then I found out later, Sonia ended up having the same thing that day, not knowing that that's what I was struggling with, and the Lord clearly said, this is spiritual warfare, but you're going to win. You need to press through, and you need to show some grit, and I was like, okay, it's got to be the Lord, because I I didn't feel like I could drive at all that whole day, but um, long story short, I had to just really, I texted a bunch of people to pray for me, and I had to press through, and I had to call the enemy's bluff. And by the time I drove, I was fine enough to drive. It took me almost six hours to drive up here. And then by the time I woke up the next morning, it was as if I had never had it again. So the Lord had something special planned, and it's funny that we should just believe it when the Lord says, but in this twisted way, it's almost more encouraging when the enemy does something to push back, and it backfires because it's like, oh, well, he had something to be afraid of, amen? So I believe a big part of that was, was for you all, um, that the Lord has something fresh to deposit in this church. And um, I start with that example also to share how the Lord gave me such specific, like very specific detailed instructions that day. Uh, so I, I, when I texted a friend, um, a, she had told me that she and her sister had struggled with vertigo in the past. And she mentioned it has to do with particles in your, with, with something in your inner ear fluid and there's uh, some kind of exercise you could do to shift it back. So if I hadn't known that, I would have just gone back to sleep and then been worse, if anything. But um, I found something online that you do this kind of maneuver, and it shifts you back into place. And then the Lord told me around 4 o'clock, okay, now get up, you need to eat something, because I hadn't eaten all day. So I didn't think I could eat, because I was sick, you know, feeling sick all day. But I obeyed, and it, I did regain my strength. And he said, you need to slowly start getting ready to leave and, and get yourself ready to leave by 6 15 and I was like okay so I was moving and then the Lord said like take some time to worship me so I took like maybe 20 minutes or so to just turn on some worship music and just listen to him and this peace just came over me all over me and I was like wow okay I think I could make this drive and 
And I ended up here in, in Massachusetts in one piece. Um, no vomiting, everything stayed inside <laughs> that needed to stay inside. And, um, and the Lord has such explicit directions for us in this hour because how many of you have felt confused about something in this past year what is going in our country what's going on with this covid what is covid why is it here is it really natural what happened with the election who's the real president who should have been the president who was god's will to be the president did we mess up what do we do with school what do we do with work what like so much confusion well how many of you know god is not confused not for a second not for a second not only that god doesn't want us to be confused the only way for us not to be confused is for us to hear moment by moment he has an opinion about all the above and more and his opinion is not for the world to just go to hell in a handbasket and oh well jesus needs to come and oh they all failed there's nothing we could do Jesus, you got to go back there. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay, Jesus, you're the one. You got to go back there. Just raise everything to the ground, burn it all up, and we have to start all over again because they messed up. No, God has a lot more for us to do than that. And starting from the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, I'm going to go through very several different scriptures um, to explain this. But starting from Genesis chapter one, verse 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So from the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, God gave a mandate, a command to Adam and Eve as the the very first humans and as the representatives of all humanity to be made in his image, in his likeness. So that means we reflect God's attributes, correct? And as reflections of him, as representatives of him, they were told to rule the earth, to, sub, to actually subdue it, to conquer it. We shouldn't be shy about that. God made humans to rule over the earth. And now some stuff happened along the way that the way that they ruled the earth got kind of messed up. We know that Eve took the fruit that was forbidden out of that one tree in the whole entire garden. They sinned and they, they broke that obedience to the Lord. And since then, sin entered the world. And I think I would say that humans are not really ruling the earth as representatives of Christ. Would you agree? This is a problem. I don't, now, you didn't need me to come here to tell you this is a problem. I came here to tell you we are meant to be the solution to that. God's command for us, his mandate for us to rule and subdue the earth has never ended. It's just that humanity has messed up how that is done. So now when we see people who are in power, as we see in Afghanistan, that power is used to harm people, to take over people, to manipulate people, to rob people, and to do all kinds of 
sin through that power that they have gained. This is obviously not what it was meant to be. But the message we need to know as a church today is that this should not be okay. The sons and daughters of God who rightly reflect the nature of God are meant to be the ones who are in places of influence and authority. And as we know from what Jesus said, it's an upside-down kingdom. The, the greatest leader of all should be the servant of all. This is Christ-like leadership. Do we see that in government today? Do we see that in our educational system? Do we see that in finance? Do we see that in media? Where the most powerful celebrities, are they going to come knocking on your door to wash your feet? No, they're the ones who have money to pay other people to do that, you know, to get their pedicures every week. But um, not that, you know, not that pedicures are sin, but we should not be using people should not be using their power and authority to, to uh, domineer over others and, and bring sin and things into the world. But we are called as sons and daughters of God to maintain that position of authority so that we bring what is in the kingdom of heaven to earth. Jesus prayed, Jesus himself prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Until we see the nature of God as it is in heaven, his beauty, his holiness, his majesty, his creativity, his power, his wonder, his selflessness, his wisdom, until we see that in media, our job as Christians, as the church, is not complete. Until we see servant leadership, wisdom, kindness, authority, holiness, purity, in the educational system, teaching our kids, even in the, the public schools, wherever they are learning, our job is not done as the church. Until we see government leaders who would have that kind of heart of Christ to even lay down their lives for the good of the people, to govern so that, so that the poor would be taken care of, so that um, systems would be clean so that our, our streets would be clean so that people would not be taken advantage of so that there would be housing projects that are not just um, scum and these slum areas so that corruption would not funnel out the funds of public money and just make certain people rich until we see the government how if Jesus were an actual governor of Massachusetts if Massachusetts is not being governed that way. Our job as a church is not done. This is what we're here for. And often we see the Great Commission as just being, as we see in Matthew chapter 28. We all, most of you probably know this, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What happened here is that when humans sinned, they lost that authority. Did Adam and Eve lose their salvation in the garden? Do you think they're in heaven right now? This is a theological trick question. <laughs> what, did, what did God do after they sinned? And they, they're like, whoa, we're naked. What are we going to do? He clothed them. 
So how we, we typically understand that theologically, there's probably a blood sacrifice of an animal because, you know, it's hard to get the skin off of an animal without the animal dying. And anyway, and he clothed them, and they had to leave the garden, but he still loved them, and he still cared for them, and they're still part of his family. So they probably didn't lose their salvation, but they did lose their authority. They lost their right and their place and their dominion that was their God-given inheritance because they chose to make decisions for themselves instead of just trusting in God. God said, this is right. That's what I said. That's the end of it. How many of your kids, you know, take that as the answer not to do something? It's like, dad said so. That's your final answer. That's all the answer you need. That's all the reason you need not to do this, you know, and hopefully you want your kids to just obey that for, at face value, but they don't always do that. Well, we as humans did the same thing. Is it really, and you know, Satan came and said, is it really the Lord's will for you not to eat that tree? And, you know, he's holding out on you. He knows that if you ate this, you would be able to discern right and wrong for yourself, and you'd be self-reliant. And so we have surrendered the authority that God gave us by trying to be dependent on ourselves. When God wanted to tell you, this is good, this is bad, this is the way to do it, this is not the way to do it. So much we gain from being self-reliant. But when Jesus came and he died on the cross, he paid the price not only for our sins, well, he paid the price for our sins not only for us not to go to hell anymore, but he also regained everything that God originally intended for us to have since the garden, which includes that authority to rule and to reign in the systems of the earth. Now, that's a progressive thing. It didn't happen instantly because as we see on earth, we don't see that happening right now. But it's something that we need to partner with God in doing. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Meaning that authority that you as humanity gave up because of your sin, I earned it back by the price of my own blood, not just your salvation from hell, but everything that was lost in the garden, everything that was lost in the garden, your representation of me as my deputy, as my, represent, as my representative on earth, I paid for that for you to get that back. And that's why verse 19 starts with the word, therefore, because I got all that back, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You could start with your neighbor. You could start with your coworker. That's a great start. You have to start somewhere, and it often does start one by one. But therefore, make disciples of all nations, all nations. It's a much bigger task than we realized but we can do it because he regained all authority and he gives it back to us as his deputies, as his representatives. So when Satan came to Jesus in the desert and he said, Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Luke 4, 6, he says, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to who knows the devil is a liar. 
However, the tricky thing about the devil is it's more effective when it's a half or partial truth, right? He inserts something that looks good. If you're a fairly, you know, somewhat mature Christian, he's not going to say, oh, come and worship me and put on horns and go sacrifice a goat in your backyard and, you know, pour out blood to me. Like, I, you know, I would imagine no one here would fall for something like that. However, it might be like, oh, you know, you have, you know, these friends and just don't, you know, don't go to church today. It's, it's good to spend time with people. And, you know, like worship can happen later. Worship can happen at any time. And, oh, you need to fix this thing in the house. And, you know, it's nice to fix something, you know, be, be useful to your family. And, you know, just little things that it's like there's a little trick in there. So at this point, the devil actually did have authority over the kingdoms of the earth. He he did control the governmental systems. He did control, oh my gosh, if you thought some of the things that we do today are corrupt, if you knew the history of what was going on in the, the Greek and Roman cultures back in Jesus' day, it was like, oh my goodness. Um, just And their sexual ethics were out the roof, if you, you, know, if you think ours are kind of messed up now. And um, anyway, so he did have an authority to, to hand over certain things of the earth. And so he wasn't completely lying, but what he was doing is, I'll give you the shortcut to get it back without suffering. So what Jesus did, he didn't take the shortcut. He knew it was in the devil's hands, but the only way to get it back from the devil was the long, hard route of going on the road to Calvary and going to the cross and suffering. And Jesus did it. He didn't use the devil's methods, but he, at that point, rightly, fully paid off the price for that. So that's what happened there. Jesus paid for us to have this. So when we come to church, what's the point of church? Worship. That's one thing. Sorry, what was that? Honor. Honor. We honor God. We honor one another. Anyone else? Fellowship. All these things are great. One thing that we often forget is that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, it says, it was he, you know, the Holy Spirit, God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is your training camp for every single one of you to be a deadly, deadly weapon of mass destruction to the works of the devil, to be a master builder in the kingdom of God in all the places where you go to when you leave this building. The church was never meant to be the final destination. It's like when you get on the T. This is not the final stop. This is where you board the train, and then you go out from here. So there will be places that you know that that you go that Pastor Stephen will never go. There, there are people you'll meet, and you know I don't think he's a designer, so he you have access to people and places and institutions that he wouldn't otherwise. But there are all of these differentiated interests. Everyone desires to do different things. And, you know, you're just all interested in different things. That's just life. And Ephesians 2.10 says that 
we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Some of you are called to be in the marketplace. Some of you need to be in a grocery store. Some of you need to be in the school. Some of you need to be in the home. Some of you need to just have these neighbor, neighbor Bob and neighbor Betty over here. Some of you are, you know, you have all of these different vocations, these places where you go to because God created us to be different. And he wanted his image to be reflected in all of these places. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We should not separate, okay, this is church life and this is the rest of my life. But you should bring the kingdom of God, not just to fill the walls of these four churches. It better be here. If the presence of God isn't in these four walls, I don't think I want to be here. What about you? But this is the... The first stop of the T, this is where you board the train. And until you see the presence of God in the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the genius of God, the wisdom of God, the creativity of God, the selflessness of God, the brotherhood of God, the family of God, all of these things reflected in all of those places where you set foot in, our job is not done. This is where you go to get fired up, where you get the coal into the, you know, in an old coal burning train you put the coal into your locomotive and then you need to leave the station from here it doesn't help if you have a really great fire and you stay inside the station the whole time this is your station body of christ leave the station leave the station get as fiery as you can get as much coal as you can stuff in your your pot belly stove (laughs) in this place and leave the station because we need to do all things for the glory of God. And not only that, Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Culture is culture evil. Is music in and of itself, is all music evil? Is the idea of making a movie or film evil? Is the idea of having leaders who will govern and you know organize your societies is that concept evil? Now, is our current government worshiping God and helping us worship God? No, there is something wrong here. Again, you all know this. But I'm here to tell you, we, you, I, your neighbors next to you, we are meant to be the solutions. We can no longer forfeit those places of the rulership of heaven. We can't sit around and twiddle our thumbs and wait for Jesus to come and just destroy everything. That's not how it was meant to be. Again, Jesus died so that he could regain the authority. And then he said, you will do greater works than these because I'm going back to the Father. He's not saying, I'm going back so I could just wait till you completely destroy everything and you just mess up the whole plan and I just have to hopelessly come back and sweep it all up. He's saying, I'm going back so you could do it, so you could bring my kingdom come, my will be done in your schools, in your workplaces, in your jobs. I have an acquaintance who said um, she was working as an administrative assistant. She would have there would be clients and they would go into the office of her boss and there was one time she said this woman was screaming she came out the door she's like lifting up her skirt because he had prayed for her some kind of tumor had just disappeared like that and he had to be like ma'am ma'am please like you know 
you know, to, let's be appropriate. But she was so shocked that this tumor had just disappeared. She's like, it's gone, it's gone. This man was not a pastor. He was a lawyer. He was, yeah, he was a lawyer. He was an attorney. There are people, there's a woman who I know, she's been praying for people who are, and they, she's an allergist, but um, she also prays for people who wouldn't get healed in other kinds of uh, other practices. You know, there's a whole thing with her practice as well. That was a Holy Spirit idea. But she prays for Jewish people. She prays for unbelievers. And she's in that place because she's an allergist, not a pastor. And God has these kinds of solutions and ideas for us to do our jobs well. So it's not just so you could pretend to be a doctor, pretend to be a teacher, pretend to be a designer, pretend to be a store clerk, just so that you could get the gospel in there. That's important too. But so that you could be the best, darn clerk you could possibly be in that place make that place a better place than when you came you know just like daniel like he just did his job really well and because of that the nature of god was reflected see we're not here just to save souls that's foundational i'm not saying that's unimportant that's the foundation of the building that's just the beginning but until God's nature is represented in all of those spheres of society. So I know I have to, I have to end this. I'm already uh, a bit over time. But there are some teachings. You could look this up even. Um, uh, someone named Johnny Enlow teaches this very well. It's called the Seven Mountain Mandate. But if you were to dis- kind of divvy up all of modern culture into seven sectors, they would be media or communications, education, government, Arts and entertainment, family, economy, business, finance, that whole world, and religion or worship, which includes a church. So we've been sitting in, we've been these, these squatters who, we've conquered our mountain religion, we have our church, yay. But what about the other six mountains? Until God's nature, so even if nothing else, obviously, obviously, I hope it's obvious, the salvation of souls is critical. I mean, if you don't have people in heaven, it, the kingdom is, you know, it's about the people. But that's just the beginning. And even if that didn't happen, we need to do this job just so that the nature of God would be properly represented in all of those spheres. The word says the glory of God will cover the, the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas until these people in your business understand this is the nature of God, not just the holy God who will send all sinners to hell and send all believers to heaven, but the God who is creative, the God who's a genius, the God who brings finances, the God who brings order, the God who brings fellowship and harmony and and uh, um, cooperation, that God needs to be reflected, and he will do it through his representatives. So in order to do this, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, that gets attention when someone's, you know, you're, you're down and out, you're in this place, and like your tumor suddenly disappears. I mean, I think that'll get a couple people's attention, right? We need to move in the power of God. It's no longer this extra little, you know, side dish. Would you like to pay the extra dollar for the guacamole? No, I need it all. (laughs) You need the guacamole. This is more than the guacamole. Like, you need it all. We need the power of God. So I'm going to end by this. I guess you could have the, I don't know if you want the worship team to come up or...
Um, I would like to pray, I just feel led to pray for an impartation of the power of God for us to, to move in the power of God, to move in healing, to move in miracles, in signs and wonders for the glory of God to be manifested in all of these areas. Who wants the wisdom of God to do your job like better than anyone else so that you could say, oh, that wasn't me, that was God. Like he just tells me what to do and he makes our whole company prosper. Really nice, huh? And of course, salvation of souls, which has come after that. Who wants to just, you know, not just be like, oh, I wish that person would be open to the gospel. Well, you'll heal their cancer, and I think they're kind of be, they'll be all ears at that point, amen? Okay, so I would like to just, um, how should we do this? Invite people forward? Yeah, why don't we, um, can you pray, can you pray for all of us? But then if you would like a specific prayer, either for impartation, um, well, why don't we do it in kind of order? Like if you, we're going to pray for all of you. But if you would like an additional prayer, just come right up. And Esther and Sonia, maybe Ileana will be up here. Any others who want to pray, but we'll pray for you. But then also if you feel like you need something else from the Lord, just stay and we'll pray for you for those things too. Because if you need something today from, from, from Jesus, don't leave until you have it. You know what I mean? Well, can we start that way? And then um, after you pray for all of us, anyone who wants to come up, if you feel like the Holy Spirit, if you feel like God is calling you into something and you don't have what you need, which by the way, without him, you don't, then you come up here and you pray for this. When we say impartation, what we mean is that is that there is something that is yours to have from God, but you haven't accessed it yet, right? And so we're just trying to open that, open that door to that access, right? Is that a fair way of saying it? Like it's yours, but if you're not walking in it, you just come up here and you get that prayer, and we're going to pray for that to be opened up for you. And then anything else after that, we'll just open up for prayer. Yeah, I encourage you to come forward, not because, like, of course, you don't have to do it, but it's your sign of showing the Lord, I really want this. I want more of you, God. And I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to, as even a physical gesture, I'm going to come forward and show you how eager I am to get more of you. And it's not because it's me, but you're showing that to the Lord. So we'll pray for that first, and then um, later, if anyone wants individual prayer we can individually pray for you to spend more a little more attention on you individually but if you just want that i encourage you to even come out of your seats and come forward and we'll pray um yeah so i invite you to just come up even if you already have a lot of the holy spirit there's always more amen Amen. i could always use more i I would want as much as i could possibly get because you know in the the age that we're living in things are going to get darker but the light of God will become brighter for those who seek him. Amen. Hey, so um, when, when we started singing the first song, I just went in prayer mode. And I closed my eyes. And, um, and I was just praying for more of God amongst us. And I saw him in a white robe, walking, walking, pacing paying attention to our hearts he wants to do so much more and he wants us to be ready 
And I was praying for us to have eagerness, eagerness to, to pray, to pray and desire these things that want, God wants to do in our midst for us as a church, for his glory. So that as Esther is, um, is um, sharing, that we show his glory in us. Amen. So let's just um, come with that eagerness. Yeah, let's just um, let's close your eyes. Just lift up your hands to the Lord. You know, some of you, the Holy Spirit will start touching you even before I come anywhere near you. Because he's, he's going to do what he wants to do. And some of you I may lay hands on. I might give you a very quick word. Um, but just start calling out to him. The, the Bible makes it very clear. He wants us to be eager. We cannot be casual about these things. If you don't feel like you're getting touched, don't stop and say, oh, it must not be the Lord's will for me to get anything. No. The Bible makes it clear it is his will far more than it is yours. So ask and be desperate. Even raise your voice and say, Lord God, I want more of your spirit. Fill me with your power, God. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. God, I want more. I'm not okay with what I have yesterday or last week or last month or last year. I know that you touched me way back in 2010 or whatever, but that's not enough. I want more. Fill me with more so that I could be an agent of your glory, of your presence, of your love, of your power. It's not okay with me that the devil is overrunning all of these areas that belong rightfully to Jesus. I'm so zealous for your name, Jesus. That is not okay with me. And until it changes, use me. I sign up. I sign up. Raise your raise one hand high if you're saying, I sign up. I don't care if the devil's overtaking culture. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to be, sign me up for your army and you're going to use me. You're going to do powerful things through me because you said it. You called it that your kingdom will come. Your will shall be done on earth in the same way that it is in heaven. Until that's done, your job's not done. If your job's not done, God, my job's not done. Use me, God. Fill me. Yeah, just cry out to him. Just 